Okay. Good evening. Hello, everybody. This is Yemi Majekodumi from Widow Recovery Secrets. Hope you're well. I'm delighted again to have another beautiful widow on this platform to share a journey of recovery and also showcase how one can gradually recover and move on to another stage of our lives. The idea behind the podcast is to encourage widows around the world. I've got Liliana Bell tonight with me and I'm so pleased to meet her. She will tell us a bit more about ourselves as she, herself as she comes in. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Thank you for sharing. Please continue to share. And I'm sure a lot of you know, or may do not know, we're now on YouTube. So find us on YouTube. The links will be in this platform also. So welcome, Liliana Bell. It's lovely to have you on the platform. In spite of all the ups and downs, we finally made it tonight. So can you tell us a bit about yourself? What part of the world you're based? And then I pass it to you. Hello, Yemi. Uh, my name is Ileana Bell. I'm originally from Ecuador. I was born there, but I uh, relocated to the United States in 1990. I currently live in New York and I have three adult children who are going to college and I've been a widow for about three and a half years now. Wow. So it hasn't really been very long. No. No, not really. Okay, so can I just say, um, I'm sorry for your loss, yes? And it's a shame we're meeting these circumstances, but I always say to those our listeners that as long as we're alive, there's always hope. The journey of widowhood is not easy, but I do believe that we get stronger through the ties we make and the more we share and the more we lean into it. So you've told us about what continent you are. You're in New York, yeah? Originally from yeah. Ecuador. That's amazing. So can you give you give us more about your journey? In sure. What, what, yeah, just share what you want to share. Sure. Uh, uh, November of 2019, my husband passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. And then we didn't know that the pandemic was coming our way. And in the middle of my grief, uh, really facing a pandemic didn't seem overwhelming because I was I was already going through some such an overwhelming journey, uh, becoming a widow. And uh, uh, the reality is that uh, my husband and I moved to New York, and my entire family was in Ecuador. So I really was alone when he when he passed away. Uh, fortunately, my parents and my sisters were able to fly to New York and uh, help me through this. And at the time my kids were still in high school and it was really, they were really my focus to keep moving forward. But uh, looking back, it was, I don't, I really don't know how I made it through because my, what they call now, what I know the word they use now is the widow brain. It's just my brain was in such a fog that I just, couldn't think straight. I couldn't make the right decisions. I was just going through the motions. And it was really hard. It was, unfortunately, I had no tools. I didn't know there were tools out there. And, uh, and if it wasn't because of my, part, my my family that came over to help me, I don't, I just think it would have been almost impossible to me for me to get out of, the hole that I was in at the moment. 
And although my kids were my, the, the reason why I keep moving forward, they were young, you know, they did not know how to help me. And I just, um, I, I hurt for them and I hurt for me, but I hurt for them more. You know, they were my, the main reason why I wanted to get better. And I think that's the reason me wanting to get better is why they are okay now. So can I ask you, Bell, what is, um, what tools did your sisters apply to help you when they came over? Well, you know, that this was really for me the first major loss. I have never experienced such a loss. I lost grandparents, but I never lost somebody that it was such an important piece of my daily life as my spouse. He's my partner in every way. And so, so when my sister and my parents came, although they have they none of them had experienced widowhood, but just having them hold me up. Yeah. physically even yeah. physically because I just even couldn't even walk they wanted to take me for walks and I couldn't even walk I remember my mother just holding me with her hand and trying to push me to take walks fresh air and just even though they didn't know what to do with being a widow but they just their presence just their sole presence knowing that there is somebody there yeah. to help me with even making phone calls we because I, um, for me, it was like even making a phone call. Because you know, when you know, we, when you become a widow, you have to make phone calls that you have to deal with a lot of paperwork that yes, you unfortunately yes. don't want to do, mm. but you have to do it, and it's a hundred times harder to deal with anything when you are in that state of mind. So they just they being next to me when I made that phone call gave me the extra strength to get through the two minute, five minute, 20 minute phone call that I had to go to, to, to extreme paperwork. And so just they being here, physically present, was just a big help. Yeah. All right. So can I ask you, how long were you married? And tell me a bit about your husband and yes. what was his name? Yeah, my husband, uh, my husband's name is Antonio. Okay. Uh, his nickname was Tony. I met him here in New York. He's, he was a, he was a New Yorker. And he was an amazing musician. He was a jazz musician. Wow. He was just, a, a, besides being a great musician and very talented, he was a very kind human being. He was a beautiful man, loved me, loved his children. Mm -hmm. And we were married for 20 years. Uh, unfortunately, he died from an overdose. Uh, I don't know even if, if the whole world is aware of the epidemic here with the painkillers. It's called the opioid epidemic that is ravishing the lives of many, many, many people. Sorry, sorry to hear that. He struggled with addiction for a pretty much 20 years, but he was what they call a high-functioning addict. And he held the life. He worked. He provided for the family, talent, and and. Unfortunately, just the, he lost the war with it and mm -hmm. died on suddenly on November of 2019. And I never expected him, you know, I never expected that, you know, but it's kind of also, mm -hmm. I was kind of a denial because it's like anything else is an illness that of if course. you not address, it's yeah. going to kill the person that's suffering from it, just like any other disease. Yes. So, but I always wanted, you know, just to know that besides he suffering from that illness, it wasn't what defined him. He was a beautiful human, like 
a, an amazing, talented musician who shined every time he got on the stage. And what and kind of music did he play? He, he played jazz. Oh, wow. wow. He was a trumpet player. Okay. And uh, amazing. He's a, he was an amazing musician and loved me and loved his kids. And uh, I know he didn't want it. He didn't want to leave us, you know. It happened. He's gone, and it's been very. I'm not gonna minimize this, but it's been very hard since he's been gone. It's been very hard. Isn't the? Um, it's gotten easier to deal with this journey. Yeah. But it's still hard. Three years and a half later, I can tell you, I was shedding tears yesterday when I thought about him and a memory that has just floated me and uh, thought of him and it just it's hard to believe sometimes that he's I haven't seen him for three years I haven't heard his voice and everything that he's missing you know yeah. it just, it's very hurtful because he's missing a lot of things I heard for him missing the things that he would have loved to see you know his children accomplished myself accomplished and widowhood is just a, a very hard journey. It definitely is. But can I ask you, so what three solutions have you solved for yourself since being widowed? Because you're now single, are you? Even though we say we're widows, is you're back into singleness. So what are the three solutions you think you'd, you've solved being in this situation? Since well, one of the main ones I think for myself is being a solo parent which is okay. presented a challenge. And when he was alive, we parents for 20 years. And I, when he was alive, I didn't think I could do this, the solo parent by myself, but I've been doing it and I have done it. And I wanna believe that I have done a fine job. I, I believe that. So that's one of thing. And also just um, um, being able to uh, maintain the household, which is a big deal when you want to maintain a home by yourself on a single income. <laughs> you know, so it's been, I'm not gonna say it's been easy, but I've been able to do it. So how have you been able to do it? How what, did you have to get more resources, get well, a job around what did yeah. you so um when he died I had quit my job because I went back to school. So when when he died I was jobless and I went back to the workforce. And I was, thank God I was able to get a job. And then second, um, in, I'm in a country that it supports people that are struggling financially. Okay. So I was able to get resources, financial resources to help me through the tough times. Okay. So that was nice. And I also had my parents who were very supportive, emotionally and financially as well. And I'm amazed at myself, but like after he, uh, these past three years, I have I went back to school. I'm getting my accounting degree. I'm working as a legal assistant, and I have all these little projects that just um, that I just give me a give me purpose, you know, to keep continue. Because I, I as I mentioned, I have three kids, but they when my husband died, they were teenagers, and now they're really adults. So they don't need me as much. Mm. I mean, they still need me because they're my children, but. I'm not, they're not asking me for every single little thing because they're independent. Yeah. So I have more time to focus on myself and to do things that I know that will enrich my life for the near future. So it does a, another thing. And 
my the third thing I would say is um, just I have become more spiritual because of the loss that I that I suffered. Um, my spirituality has um, I have internalized it because I saw you know like how life can change in a blink of an eye, and it was such life changing event that it pushed me to really appreciate what I have. I, my kids come first and I appreciate every moment I can spend with them every time that they are able to give me some of the time to just be with me. I take it in and I look at the faces and listen to their voices. And I just, they don't know that I'm doing this, but I'm just like appreciating them for who they are and for having the opportunity to be with them at that moment in time. And I do that with every person that is important to me. And I do that now with my parents who are still alive, but they're older. My dad is going to be 80 and I can see how he's becoming more fragile. And I'm very aware that I'm not going to have him here for much longer. So I try to appreciate his presence and his company anytime I can. So that has, you know, he's losing my husband has taught me that. Because unfortunately, like I said, I didn't expect he dying. And I just, I hurt for not having had more time with him. I would not have not told him more often that yeah. I loved him or that I he means so much to me, you know. So it make, sorry, so does it make you appreciate time on the PEI? You make, death makes you appreciate time, doesn't it? Yes, makes you appreciate time, makes you appreciate the people that are around you that mean a lot to you, you know. Yeah. So when you say spirituality, are you referring to faith? Is that what you mean? What Correct. faith do you have now? Well, uh, I'm I'm born Catholic. Yeah. And it does, you know, my mother is Catholic, my father is Catholic. We are Catholic by you know our countries, the majority of people are Catholic. And I I'm a Catholic. I by I don't I'm not a practicing Catholic. I don't go to church every Sunday. But my practice, it comes more like, you know, you want to treat everybody good. You want to mm-hmm. do the right thing every time you can. And, you know, that's what I show me you with widowhood. Whenever I hear somebody else has become a widow, it just opens up. Like, I want to help that person. I want to see if I can. Because not only that I have the experience, but I know how hard it is. And why not? You know, if we have if we have the knowledge and the the it's something to offer to that person. It is the greatest thing that happened to me. I, I would I discovered a widowhood community through social media, you know, mm. and to me that was a lifesaver mm. because I didn't know where else to turn, and just finding the widow community just was a lifesaver for me because I knew that what people were sharing is what I was feeling. Thank you for that. So what do you think is the biggest challenge a widow faces where you are, like in New York? What is um, the biggest challenge there? Uh, fortunately, in New York, in the States, I want to say that is not, there's not that many challenges because there are a lot of resources here. Yeah. And I think the only challenge, and I, I don't think it's just to the States, I just think overall in the world, just widowhood is very misunderstood. They, they it just is a is a huge event, you know, and many people who haven't gone through these 
they either suggest that you're gonna get over it in a year, <laughs> in a few months, mm-hmm. and that you should be able to find a new partner and things should be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, and I think it, it, this goes for mm-hmm. the entire world. I don't think it's just to the state. Do you that. think, um, sorry, do you think people's, even though you, you could be in the room with 10 widows, do you think everyone's grief journey is different in terms of how they recover? Yes. It can't be the same, is it? Can it? I think it's not the same. Yeah. It's everybody, it's, everybody's journey is different. And no journey is the same. And I know this because I have talked to other widows. Yeah. And although they might, there might be similarities to our widowhood, it's never the same. Yes, yeah. So I notice um, you do belly dancing. Yes. So would you say that is one kind, one thing that is um, a new kind of purpose or direction you found, or was it something you had while your husband was alive? Correct. So I took, a, I became a belly dancer back when I was in my twenties. Then I got married. I gave it up. I raised my kids, but I always remember my therapist when I became a widow. She, and I really didn't think I was gonna make it, you know, because it was the pain of losing him was so great that I just thought I'm never ever gonna get out of this this is that and she said to me Tony was in your life for 20 years and you loved him he loved you you have three children as a testament of it but remember that he wasn't in your life always why don't you try to remember to who you were before he was in your life and I remember I was in my 20s I was belly dancing and Belly dancing brought life in my face. My face shines and my smile and I feel the music and I was like, you know, she's right. You know, mm-hmm. I can go back to that. And and I it's, it's, it's something that is one of my passions and it's something that I, when I, I'm doing it, I feel it all over and I know it feels right. That's amazing. So can I ask you, just out of interest, how did you get back into it? What process did it take to go back into belly dancing? Uh, Well, pretty much I tried to look for, for me, instantly, if I play the music, I automatically dance. But also I need to have like some kind of goal or something that to look forward to, like if I'm going to perform or if I'm going to teach a class. So I start looking for events or something that, people want to like want to teach a class so that gives me like a motivation to keep practicing and to and now I have I'm doing like one one show a year for uh, for these fitness uh, fitness uh, event that happens every June so that keeps me keeps me motivated to like I look forward to that so I practice mm-hmm. I feel the music I dance and that keeps me active in the belly dancing that's amazing so that obviously and you get fitter as well don't you Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That helps. <laughs> yes. So what, what kind of show is it? Can you tell me a bit more about the show? So the show is um, is really geared towards the elderly and to keep them fit in their elder yeah. years. So they have this event every, every June or July in the summer. And it's a big event and different, different instructors like Pilates, yoga instructors come and they teach their class to the elderly and then I do my class and I teach them oh, how to belly amazing. dance and I do a little show for them and then I teach them how to belly dance and it's a lot of fun and I love it I enjoy it and they enjoy it too so it's great 
That's so that must have really boost your confidence as well. Yes, definitely. Yes, absolutely. Because you're even as you're talking about it, you're beaming, you're smiling all over. I can see you smile as you talk about it. Yes. You look so happy. It's amazing. Okay, let's see what other thing can I ask. Um, so you've mentioned the beta. So may, can you mention three factors that still keep you inspired despite your loss? Uh, yes. Well, the the one my children. I gotta say that that for me is my biggest motivation and inspired to keep moving forward and to keep alive my my kids. My second thing is just life in general. I one of the things that I love about life is all the things that you can learn and you can and you can enjoy and you can experience. And one for me is traveling and seeing different cultures. And I'm now that's my next thing. I want to travel. I want to go to Asia. I want to go to Africa. I want to go to Egypt. I want to go to and I because I like different cultures. So that's another thing. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, the third thing is like retirement. <laughs> so when I don't have to work, I want to retire back to my home country one day and be able to to just go back to my roots. You know, although New York is my other country, my heart is here, but I, my biggest part of my heart is in Ecuador still. So would that involve um, setting goals in terms of your retirement, in terms of wealth creation and stuff like that? Uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat that again? No, what I'm saying is in terms of retirement, yes. quotes in quotes, so that, mm -hmm. that would that require you setting a goal of how much you need to have to live on and Correct. stuff like that, wouldn't it? Correct, yes. So I'm working on all that because I, my goal is not to retire uh, at a too old of an age because I still want to be able to have enough health to travel, to belly dance, to all do all these things that I want. And I think Ecuador offers that. Uh, I have family that, like I said, my parents really live there. I have one sister that is there. And my heart is in, a big part of my heart is in Ecuador. And I feel that that's, where I'm gonna be. That's amazing. That's beautiful. So my question I ask a lot of people is I know it's been three and a half years, which is still fairly new, your loss. But would you ever do you ever see yourself maybe in five years, ten years, having a new relationship? Is it anything that's come across your mind? Yes, definitely. Although in early grief it did not uh with time I have uh, opened have myself for the, I, I have actively been dating with not really a big success because I have realized that it's really very rare to find that special connection to one with another human being and um, but I'm open to it but I'm also okay if that's if it doesn't happen I'm not I'm not um I don't want to use the words desperate but I'm not I'm open to finding that person or to meeting that person, but if it doesn't happen, I'm okay if that person doesn't come into my life. Mm, there true. are other things that can fulfill my life. Yes, yes, that's interesting. Wow. How would, um, what do you, in, come in today to share your journey, what is one thing you say to widows who are perhaps just recently had a loss or, in the first year, year of loss, what would you say to them? I would say to them that it does get better. Although it doesn't feel like it is, it's gonna, 
it's never go I don't believe we'll ever get over it. I don't believe it ever this pain that we feel goes away. And that's fine because that pain that you feel is the love that you have for that person, but it changes. Just be patient, sit with your grief, feel it, talk about it, and you will see it that it changes, that it gets better. Thank you. And one last question is in terms of grief, loss, pain, do you think he, when we want to find our way through the loss, no matter how painful it is, what does intention, how do we have to be intentional about our healing? Yes, I do believe in that. Can you explain that to our audience, please? Um, when, when, it, when it means intention, it's like when the pain is so great, yeah. we are very close to our possibilities or to our options. And sometimes we feel that there is no way out. And I think being intentional is looking for the resources, looking, reaching out for help, whatever that means, therapy, community, other widows, uh, podcasts, yes, uh, yes. YouTube videos. With the with the internet, there is so many resources that it just you just gotta get up and find the resources, and that's the intention. Don't just it's okay to sit and cry and feel your pain, but at some point you have to get up and do something to move forward and to get better. Yes, that's amazing. It's been a lovely honor to meet you tonight, yeah? And um, short, but very sweet. Yes, I'm just going to say thank you to Eliana Bell for coming. It's It actually brought by a lot of memories when I was at that stage, because I'm, I'm walking in my, going into my 10th year now. But it made me see what I used to talk about then. And you've really encouraged the audience so a big thank you to you. A lot of things you shared were quite amazing, especially the belly dancing, yes. you know, and I resonate with, because I say that to my audience or people like coach or counsel, I say, you had a life before. What was it that you used to do that you loved most? Mm -hmm. And when you say that, that was such a lovely thing the therapist pointed you at because it gave you something to cling to, to refocus your grief. I think that's amazing. So we're signing off now again. We thank Lillian Bell for coming. This is your host, Yemi Majekupini, from the Recovery Secrets. We thank you for listening. Please share the podcast. There's so many people out there. There are a lot of widows, especially since the pandemic. So we appreciate it. And for all our links, find it in the summary notes of this. This should come out within 10 to 14 days or less. Thank you very much. Good night. As I always say, there's always hope after loss. Thank you so much.